Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the beverage space. So excited for you guys to hear about Splash Beverage Group. Their founder is on Robert Nistico. Robert, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Uh, Justin, thanks for having us. We very much appreciate it. I am so glad this worked out. We tried to um, do the interview a couple of days ago and ran into all kinds of like crazy little schedule issues. And I'm so glad we were able to get it back um, on the calendar. I was so excited to meet you, first of all, with your background in the beverage industry um, and experience, but also just to hear about your company and where it's going. So thanks for making the time. Um, before we jump into Splash, how about we talk about you Robert, talk, just share some of your background. You've got some incredible tenure and experience in the beverage space, but share that with our audience. Oh, you bet. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'll try not to bore everybody to death with listening. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm a beverage guy. I mean, I've, I've been in this space since I got out of college. I was hired originally by the Gallo Winery. And for those of you who don't know, Gallo is uh, very big about recruiting out of college, and they'll put you in uh, an independently owned uh, distributorship you learn the basics. I started as a merchandiser cleaning wow. shelves, you know, and uh, and here we are today um, you know, awesome. running a, a national public company. But yeah, so all 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 three tiers of the three tier system: in and out of distribution, in and out of brand, in and out of sales. Uh, you know, eleven years, uh, just under eleven years at Red Bull, and we took that from zero to uh, about 1.6 billion in annual turnover. So uh, I'm all beverage. Well, I love that. Um, and some incredible brands and and growth in those brands, which I'm sure is why you are you know, focused in this space. So talk about Splash Beverage and like, how did this start? Where did this idea come from? Um, and then what did it take to kind of bring it to life initially? Yeah, um, I, I'll try and be brief. Um, it's It's kind of a longer story, but the short of it is, um, it really kind of came to mind when I was on the distributor side. I was um, in a senior management position with Republic National in Texas, and you'll appreciate this. Um, you know, I used to get uh, probably one to four cardboard boxes of what I call hopes and dreams across my desk. <laughs> all the new guys, all the new, <laughs> hey, can you take us on, right? Exactly. <laughs> we, and, we have a lot of those and, on our podcast, by the way, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, God love the uh, American entrepreneurial spirit. That's fantastic. But, but, you know, some of them were, were um, really good liquid. Some of them were not good liquid all, all over the board, but once in a while you'd get a gem, uh, a diamond in the rough, if you will. And, and the light bulb went on and you realize that so many people um, understand the space, but they misinterpret or they underestimate the difficulty of, of activating a brand in this space. No doubt. And so, you know, thus, you know, years fast forward, you know, Splash Beverage is formed and born uh, because we have a very good understanding of the probably the most important thing, and that's distribution. Um, and we at Splash, we're very fortunate. We have very strong distribution abilities throughout uh, you know the term DSD, Absolutely. direct store delivery. Yep. 
Uh, and we also have uh, uh, vendor numbers with all the broadliners and, it. of course, some direct relationships. So it was really a, a light bulb and, a, and a, a seed that was planted in my brain many, many years ago just to form Splash. I love it. And, yeah, we you know, it's interesting. Other episodes we've talked about, you know, three-tier distribution with a number of our, our, our guests. We've talked about, um, you know, taking idea and getting it in front of distributors for, you know, route to market. Because, I mean, it's tough to get into retail stores, especially in this beverage category. Category. Um, now, what did you have ideas on specific products you wanted to launch, or was it more about, hey, we want to be that, we know distribution, we want to be that connective tissue? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I had a very specific um, initial thought on that, and this is what drove the, formula, uh, the formation of Splash. Um, uh, I was working with a licensing company um, uh, out of New York and on a Bob Marley's project with his wife, Rita. We had built uh, Marley Beverages. I was one of the partners there. I'd sold my part of that. And the, the licensing group owned the, uh, all the IP for Tap Out. And Tap Out is a, today, it's a 24-year-old brand with literally billions of impressions and tons of aided and unaided awareness. And for years, you know, I'm a, I'm a closet athlete. And for years, um, it, it, and I say this, if anybody working for Pepsi or Coke is out there listening, um, you know, I, I you love Gatorade as a brand, right? Probably one of the most iconic U.S. brands, Powerade, a close second. Um, uh, but but the, the ingredients aren't necessarily something I care to ingest on a regular basis. So right. when we right. So we created Tap Out. Uh, as a better mousetrap, if you will. And the timing is outstanding And that, you know, the consumer has said, we, we'd like something maybe a little more helpful or maybe with all five electrolytes and maybe something that's all natural. And so we've created that. And frankly, body armor with the Coke right. absolutely has cut, cut through the jungle for us. And we're having tremendous success uh, with retail authorizations and distribution authorizations on tap out. And it was really our first brand, but it was that, that idea was spawned, you know, years and years and years ago. Wow. Really interesting. Yeah. Interesting category and having seen it grow. And I share with you, I spent 10 years at Coca-Cola and got to see some of those brands um, launch and grow and evolve and <laughs> some, some go away. And I mean, gosh, we could talk, we could do a whole nother podcast probably sharing uh, beverage stories, which would be actually kind of fun. Um, so what did you start did, did it start with tap out? In other words, did you start with a portfolio or just one brand or what did that look like? Yeah, no, we started with tap out, but the idea was always to have the portfolio approach. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I believe we, we spread risk across um, our portfolio approach because we spread risk across different subsegments of within, within the category itself. For example, um, a great it played out beautifully during COVID, uh, with all the tap out authorizations we we had. Uh, we were ready, getting ready to launch across some national and some uh, regional uh, 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 retailers that you know and love. Absolutely. And COVID hit, you know, and you've, you've done a million resets, I'm sure. Right. And, yes. You know, shoulder to shoulder, dirty. Yes. You know. In the store. Yeah. Yep. So we put put that on hold for now, but. But the fact that we had our second brand up and running and, and in distribution in um, about third of the Walmart stores across the country, Sam's Clubs, wow. you know, Total Wine, we were able to focus on off-premise uh, retail execution and liquor stores, which huh. were were absorbing the decimation of the on-premise channel, right. bar, restaurant, and hotel right. was shut down. No doubt. So that 
that strategy played out beautifully and it kept the company growing and, and moving forward during a very difficult time for a lot of people. Interesting. Yeah. And for those wondering what we mean by authorized. So just because you get into a retailer doesn't mean it's authorized, quote unquote, in all stores. So um, it might be an authorized brand to come into a specific store and get ordered, right? You can actually order it and get it into that store to be sold. If you have unauthorized product from a beverage company in store, um, that retailer can then come back and say, well, we didn't authorize it. We're not paying for it. So it's it's an interesting thing in our beverage industry. Um, so, so okay, so that, then that's, I was going to get there on COVID and ask you what that did to your overall business, but it sounds like it was just more of a shift. I stole your thunder there. I, I, I apologize, but yeah, it was... <laughs> It was um, it was a very important uh, time for us because we knew we had to uh, wait and hit the pause button on tap out. Right. So we took our time and uh, reformulated. We're actually uh, we're actually rebranded, um, and so it was really a you know a lot of people run and hide during difficult times. We're like, hey, thank God we've got a few extra minutes right. now where we can tidy up the our backyard and what we did. Yeah. You know, I'd say nine out of 10 of our guests and just overall in this industry have said something similar to that, where it gave a, a pause or it accelerated like investment in technology or investment in brand. Um, talk about your other brands What Salt Tequila, Copa Divino, Pulpo Loco Sangria, like uh, and, uh, share with us broader portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, just briefly a little bit more about salt. Um, it's very simple to understand. Think about what flavors had done for rum back in the day, what flavors are doing today for vodka. Vodka, for the last, yeah, God, exactly. You know, decade and a half, right? Right. And if you had told me, um, Justin, you know, 40 years ago that Crown Royal would have an apple flavor, I would have told you you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that <laughs> one. <laughs> so, so flavors are impacting uh, even brown goods today. So there are three key drivers in spirits. You have flavors, right? You have um, the overall tequila category is, is growing and expected to grow for the next 10 years and uh, quality. So 100% agave products, single barrel bourbon, single malt scotches, et cetera. So with salt tequila, we're really running downhill with the wind at our backs and it's 80 proof. Go to the shelf in a liquor store and you'll look at most flavored spirits and you'll see they are to use a financial term, they're slightly diluted down to maybe 70 or 60 or in some cases less. Uh, it's a proprietary thing I can't explain publicly, but uh, we managed to keep it at 80 proof, which also allows us to keep our 100% official Mexican designation on tequila. So it's a very important product uh, to our portfolio, and it's doing extremely well uh, throughout our uh, chain authorizations. And then um, our first acquisition, Justin, was Copa de Vino, and it also came with Copa Loco. Um, acquisitions, of, obviously growing our legacy brands um, is a key part of our growth strategy and revenue strategy, but acquisition is an equal part uh, of that. If not, uh, it's not even greater in the beginning. Uh, we got our feet wet with Copa de Vino. We closed on it at the end of the year, like I think actually on December 30th. Wow. Um, it's a great brand, um, innovative. Uh, the, the packaging it came in, James Martin was the founder and the winemaker there. He's a great guy. He works for us now. Um, uh, that product is outstanding. And, and, and I'm going to pick on some of our competitors like Barefoot <laughs> or maybe Gallo, my old company. Sure. Um, you know, the 187s, you pull them out of a four pack and you unscrew the little cap and you pour it in another container. It's, it's you know, it's, it's just it's a different 
uh, consumer proposition. You use our hourglass, beautifully crystal clear polypropylene glass, and people are reusing them. They're dishwasher oh, nice. safe. Yeah, it's really great. And, and it's Columbia Valley wine. It's fantastic. And then it came with Popoloco, <laughs> uh, which is a lovely, lovely sangria family recipe out of Madrid. And in fact, the artwork was done from some famous artist up in the mountains. But but just real quick, if you'll indulge me, yeah, um, please. The, the, this acquisition, there's something I call below the line intrinsic value. What I mean is it's an obvious brand. It was born on Shark Tank. A lot <laughs> right. of people know it. Right. You know, it's been on that, that, that those episodes get run constantly because totally. James went on and never took the money. So they keep replaying it. Right. But <laughs> which is really great. Yeah. But more importantly, it came with. 82 bud distributors. Oh, interesting. Came, okay. Yeah, it came with 44 uh, wine and spirits licenses, which allows us to expand our, our salt tequila business faster. Got it. Um, it also came uh, with this the paper techno paper can technology that Popoloco is packaged in. Wow. And we have the exclusive rights to that now. And now it's not just uh, recyclable, Justin, it's biodegradable can. Oh, wow. And it's, From a sustainability yeah, so perspective, really, that's big. Yeah. It's a really important thing. So, so um, when we, when we look about putting a portfolio together, we don't just throw things against the wall. Everything right. has a very, very specific reason for being here. And, um, and they all interplay in the back end of the business, you know, with respect to cogs and vendors, et cetera. Sure. So it, that's our portfolio at this moment. Yeah, interesting. Uh, for those not in the beverage industry, yeah, you, and especially in the alcoholic beverage industry, you've got to you secure those agreements. And once you have them, they go with the brand. So like what we were just talking about there is, you know, by having those with a different brand, it actually provided access for uh, one of the existing brands in the portfolio to get out to market faster. Kind of cool. Um, Really, really cool. Um, so as you think about growth, and you've got some listeners here that have their quote unquote next up and coming beverage brand, and they would love to get it in front of you. Like, what are the things you look for in a brand or, or an acquisition? Like, as you think about growth? Well, forgive the um, the country boy in me, but um, <laughs> you, you have to pet the, pet the fur the right direction, right? So what I mean here by that yeah, is... is uh, uh, being on trend with consumer demand. Um, so the timing, let's talk about the isotonic sport category for a sec. The timing for that was right. As I mentioned earlier, the consumer was demanding a more healthful entrant into that category, a better option, right? And that, that cascades down to retail, which cascades down to distribution, and eventually people like myself and our team as suppliers. Um, so on trend there clearly, right? And again, I mentioned I give Body Armor credit for breaking, uh, cutting through that jungle for us. If you ever read the history of Coke, uh, you worked for Coke, you probably had to read it. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they, they, they attribute a lot of their success to Pepsi coming in and making them better and more aware. So right. same thing with that. So being on trend there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of entrants into that, into that space. And we have uh, we have plans, and I, I have to be careful what I say because we are a, a New York Stock Exchange listed Sure, company. absolutely. Um, but we have plans to for full category disruption, and you'll see with that how that plays out between now and the end of the year. Wow. Uh, you know, so and then and then honestly, um, you, you know, being on trend with with salt tequila, I already said it. The three key drivers, you know, our quality, our flavors, and 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 the tequila category itself. So we're on trend there, right? Uh, and then, and then pure innovation, um, 
and, and pre-existing brand awareness. And that's really what drove the, the front end of the Copa Divino acquisition. And we already talked about the back end. So to shorten this, simply making sure you're on trend um, with consumer sentiment is really the key here. And, and it's difficult you know, to, to drive new innovation. Our three um, uh, core values here, number one is execution. Execution, execution. Sure. Uh, talk, talk is cheap, but we execute. We everything we say we're going to do, we get out and we get it done. But most importantly, and then equally importantly, I should say, is innovation, uh, pure innovation. In the case of salt tequila, it was obvious. No one had thought about it yet. No right. one had really done. There've been one or two off off brand, you know, skews here and there. But we innovated in the in a very popular category. Uh, and then the other thing is pre existing brand awareness. We can go out. I'm talking, speaking to your audience now. We we can Justin and I can go out and go to a flavor house and build something. Sure, but it's so much easier to break through the clutter uh, if you have some pre-existing brand awareness or some regional uh, regional uh, sales story to build on. And that's those are the three things we really drive our company. Interesting. Now, um, talk about how things have evolved. You know, from day one to now. In terms, where are you guys on the growth curve? You've built, you know, beverage brands before. Um, where would you guys? Where would you put you guys on that growth? I'd say um, uh, plan at this point. Yeah, um, we're at, we're in the we're in the early part of the hockey stick. Um, you know, we had very very small revenues last year. Our Q one almost beat all of last year's revenues, even though we were growing. Um, so, and we just put out a uh, press release yesterday, actually, uh, Q2 revenue growth was astonishing, astonishing again. Um, and this is without any skew proliferation. Right. No new, yeah. I was right? going to say, right. You're not out doing line extensions and adding new brands quickly and whatnot. Yeah, no, we want to make sure you block and tackle on, on what you have. And, and then remember we talked a minute ago about, about national authorizations and regional authorizations for tap out. Well, we're regenerating those now and we're going out into the distribution network and starting to all that work that we had laid out early in uh, or late in 18 and early in 19 before COVID. So um, so we're um, uh, we're really very early on. Uh, and don't forget, um, part of our overall strategy is also to go out and acquire brands, sure. um, but they have to they have to meet those very rigid um, internal eval uh, components, just like I mentioned. And if they don't, we've passed on some really good brands, but it didn't, wasn't the right time for us. And it wasn't the right thing, even though they're good brands and they were growing. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it with this. You don't want to be that big Disney dog with too many birds <laughs> under its paws, you know, <laughs> block and tackle. That's an interesting analogy. I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> how important has it been to have the right people working with you? In other words, did you leverage your network to help grow the business here or how have you thought about the people side of things? Yeah. Outstanding question. Um, they're basically like most businesses. I look at it as the four legs of a table. Um, you have number one people. Um, our executive team is phenomenal. Um, uh, the number, and so is our board of directors, uh, the number, and these aren't in order necessarily. The number two thing is execution. The next thing is brand. And then, and then, um, uh, excuse me, distribution. And the next thing is brand. And the last thing is execution. Um, talking about people real quick, our president, Bill Meisner, 
uh, was the president and CEO, I believe, at, at Talking Rain and did basically uh, yeah, built, built Sparkling Ice. You know, Bill, of course, uh, yep. did Fuse, did a million things. He's our president, chief marketing officer. And it was an honor for him to come aboard. He's a prince of a man. Um, and, um, and we're a great, uh, yin and yang for each other. I'm, I'm the aggressive, um, <laughs> kick the door, kick the door down. Execution, below the line execution, market. execution. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Bill, Bill keeps me in check. Uh, nice. he's the above the line marketer. I'm the below the line marketer. That's hilarious. Love it. Yeah. That's important, right? To have the balance. Right. Yeah, he's great. And, um, I, I'm just so thrilled to work with him. We're, we're great partners. Um, and then, um, um, we have, uh, a gentleman named Sanjeev Javia. We call him Jeevers. Jeevers is on board as our product development sports marketing VP. He also has a side business. Now, Sam Jeevers was Tom Brady's roommate um, for four years, along with Brian Greasy and their undergrad. And as a result, he started a nutrition uh, consulting business. He's probably, he's a little modest about it, but I'll tell you, he's (laughs) a top five nutritionist in this country. Wow. And really wrote, you know, still all of this. He's written over 600 nutritional plans uh, for professional Olympic athletes. So imagine um, as we're building out some of our non-alcoholic portfolio. Absolutely. Right. How valuable that is. Yeah, his insight and advice and and network, oh, by the way, in terms of influencers. Well, yeah, exactly. It's both. You know, the guy's a savant when it comes to formulation and compound interaction. But but even more importantly, um, he's written 600 traditional <laughs> plans for Tom Brady, for Kurt Warner, for Phil Mickelson, you name it. And if they love him, he's the nicest guy in the world. And so when we're ready, we'll have the ability for hundreds of the best athletes in this country to tweet and Instagram for us. And we'll right. get ready. Totally. You know? And that's, it's invaluable. We were just up in St. Louis because we're, this is, this is public information. We're doing a lot with AB InBev right now. With Absolutely. Distribution. Absolutely. Great and they partner. were blown away, blown away by this. So Jeeves is on board. Aida Aragon, phenomenal. She's basically the person that did most of the work to put muscle milk on the shelf before the Pepsi transaction. She's also a former fitness champion. So our executive staff is phenomenal. Our board, I've got the former president and chief innovation and marketing officer for Diageo. Uh, Peter McDonough is on our board. Um, he's there for the number two guy globally for Diageo. We've got a former Nestle VP, uh, president of Bacardi, Candace Crawford just joined our board, not the celebrity, but um, the beverage celebrity. She was a, she worked for you guys at Coke. Absolutely. Coke. So built, Interesting. Built and sold brands back to yeah. Coke. She's amazing. She's also running our audit committee. Uh, Justin York is our, um, our finance resource. He's taken a million companies public. Of course, I'm on the board as chairman. I'm the only nobody on the board. But, but, uh, we have nobody, a, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, nice. It's, uh, it's, it's really something. And, um, you know, the people are, are everything. And we already talked about distribution and execution and, and, of course, brand being on trend. So those are the, really the four things. That's awesome. I love how consistent you are in clarity on, in terms of vision and, kind of, I'd say, um, operational you know, discipline. Um I, I I always love to ask our guests like what are, would be one like one or two of the biggest lessons learned they've learned in launching or growing a brand. You've done this before. Like in terms of advice for our listeners, what would be, you know, maybe two things to be thinking about. Oh wow! Um, well, I learned so much. I know you, know. you got to narrow it down just to a couple here. Yeah, I, I tell you that the single most uh, the, the single biggest mistake I see uh, with people coming forward who need help. Um, they underestimate the difficulty and the importance of distribution, period. 
Um, when I was running Red Bull with a couple other gentlemen, um, we had a consultant named Jack Datum. Jack built the Gallo Winery with Ernest Gallo, um, and an amazing man. He was my mentor, but wow. he used to say to me, Robert, you can you can give me an average brand and an average package, and um, and I can I with good strong distribution we can make that brand soar. And I'm like, yeah, huh? I don't know about that. But he's right. Wow. Um, fortunately we have the right liquid it's on trend. Our packaging is fantastic, but, but distribution is everything. And it's so difficult to get, heck, I was the number, what was I number three or four person at Republic national right. it took me forever to get my own product in there. <laughs> so, wow. so, so distribution, 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 and, and well, I'll stop there. Uh, <laughs> that's really, really probably the single most important thing people need to understand. I love that. Uh, this has been so great. I hope you'll come back on down the road with us and share more stories. I know we could spend, we could, gosh, I could take segments of what we just talked about in the last 23 minutes and like we could have a whole episode on them. But um, I really appreciate your time. Share with our listeners where they can find you, buy the product, figure out where to buy your products, uh, et cetera. Yeah, go. If uh, everybody wants to check us out, go to splashbeveragegroup.com. That's splashbeveragegroup.com. And you'll see everything about the company, uh, investor relations pages, all our press releases, brands, people, etc. It's all there. Uh, it's our first generation website. So we're working on the next level, but, uh, but at least the information's there. And um, we also have our own B2B and B2C platform called QPlash. Uh, you oh, should find that on our website cool. as well. Yep. And all our That's products, right. depending on the state, are available there. And and we're activating the Coors Miller Network and the Budweiser Network as we speak. And uh, so you can find product uh, mostly in the south, southeast, and we're growing every day. I love that. Hey, Robert, thank you so much for coming on today. What great wealth of information and knowledge and like exciting time for you and the company there. I hope you'll come back on down the road and uh, share more with us. Uh, it'd be my pleasure. It was really nice to meet you, and uh, I'm glad our schedules worked out this time. Thanks a bunch. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.